You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. Well, I'm excited. I, tell, I, I texted Destin last night and I said, man, I'm pumped. I mean, last time I was shaking in my boots. I couldn't stand up, but tonight... I've, I've been excited for this this message about a month. Um, the one thing I was praying all today was, you know, God speak through me, not about me. You know, I was getting real excited, and I had to check myself a couple times, be like, all right, it's not about you. <laughs> had to be real careful, but um, you know, I'm I'm back in school, so it was nice to get away from here. Um, had a nice long break. I forgot winter break was five weeks since not being in school, but. One of the things that uh, me and my parents have a tradition of doing anytime I have free time to be home is we'll go to the movie theaters and we'll have a nice time as long as we can. You know, we, we like the movie theaters. We don't get to do it too much no more. But uh, over Christmas break, we went and saw uh, the, movie, the movie The American Underdog. For any of y'all that have seen it, y'all know it's amazing. It's absolutely phenomenal. For any of y'all that haven't seen it, it is about uh, famous, I think, pro football player, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, he's a phenomenal football player that had an amazing story, a real strong stand-up Christian on top of it. Um, but basically, Kurt Warner was told he can't do it a hundred different times. You know, they, they told him, you're not doing right. And at the beginning of the movie, he was a, his big thing, for those of y'all that know football, he he wouldn't stay in the pocket. He'd run out of there way too much. And the coaches would get mad at him. And I asked my dad, I said, why are they getting mad at him? Because he's making these amazing plays running out of the pocket. He's hitting it, and the coaches at practice are yelling his head off. I said, why, why are they doing that? And dad, was, dad said, well, they want their quarterbacks to be strong in the pocket. They want them to take the time to read the whole field, you know, cover their options, not bail out so quick. I said, ah, oh, that makes sense. The movie went on, and um, he, he was cut short time after time after time. You know, went to play in this um, arena football league that was, you know, that was like, that's where you don't go. That's where you go when you're done. Like, but he went to there, he went, you know, he became, ended up becoming successful and it was, you know, it's because of one thing that I'm sure everybody's heard is you n- never give up in life. Like, he, he had a passion and he had, he knew, he knew where he wanted to be. He said he knew he wanted to make it to the NFL, and he had this offensive coordinator that was down his back that's like, nah, you ain't, you ain't going. He was being rude. You find out later he's doing it on purpose, but he's, he was testing his, his prize or whatever you call it. But um, I, I watched that, and then I knew I was preparing for this sermon, and it, it got me thinking, like, what's it, what's it going to be? What's, God, what you want me to do? And so I'll intro the title here. The title of my sermon is called Never Too Far. Um, And I have three main points in this that I want to talk about. Um, There's going to, I'm just forewarning you, um, no big deal if you don't turn in your Bibles because I have a lot of verses here. Um, (laughs) But uh, what I centered this around is I centered this around one man and I guess everything in a sermon is centered around Jesus, of course, but Jesus had his disciples that he used to help you know, teach to the people. And I was like, 
I started reading, I started thinking, I was like, you know what? People nobody people never talk about Peter. Let's talk, let's talk about Peter a little bit because Peter gets Peter gets walked over too much. He denied Jesus three times. He was too aggressive. You know, all the negatives about Peter, Peter talks people talk about, but there is a there's a lot of good stuff about Peter that I want to run through that I think is very, very applicable for us. So I said my, my title was never too far, and it's got the, the ellipsis up there, and there's a reason for that. So my first point is never too far to take a step of faith. Um, so I'm going to run through my verse for this point, and then I'm going to kind of get to my points and talk about it a little bit. So um, the passage I, I chose for this was is Luke 5, 4 through 11, and I'm going to run through it real quick, but... It says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Right out, right there. That's a negative people want to point out. He did not have that faith initially. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Get a little image of Finding Nemo there for those of y'all that seen Finding Nemo. The swim down, that's, I like that. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. That's another thing people don't, I'll get to, I'll get to a little bit later, but Peter was driven to follow the Lord. He had, he was, in my opinion, he was so overwhelmed with passion for the Lord. It didn't subdue his own personal fulfillments, that, whatever you may say. He had his own person. He wanted to be brash, and he didn't care if that's what Jesus would do or not. He was, he was going to draw his guns for Jesus at the at the first word. So, but he's real quick to realize when he made a mistake. And we see that for the first time here. Uh, So continuing on verse nine, for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore and left everything and followed him. Peter is known as the first disciple, for those of you that don't know. Um, and just like anything that we read about, just like anything that Jesus says or does, that that ain't no mistake. He does that for a purpose. And Jesus chose Peter because he knew the passion Peter had. He knew Peter was going to do a lot, a lot of things he wouldn't approve of. But he was also, after Jesus was gone, he was going to go and do some pretty great things as well. Um, he knew he was going to have this amazing impact to everybody around him, and he knew he was going to represent the power that the love of God holds. Um, I talked, we said, you know, Peter has consistent mistakes, but he had his faith. His faith is what drove him to not beat himself up after he made a mistake. You know, it, it says as soon as he realized catching that many fish was possible, he fell on his knees and said, Lord, I messed up. 
Let me try again. And he, and he did, and he did, which was, which was awesome. Um, so throughout Peter's time in ministry, he performed you know, countless miracles. He endured persecution, imprisonment, and death. Now, I say people don't talk about Peter, but he has quite an amazing story, persecution, imprisonment, and death. Who does that sound like? Paul. Everybody knows about Paul. Everybody loves to talk about Paul. Nobody likes to talk about Peter. It got on my nerves getting onto this the more I read about it. But, you know, Peter, he, he had that lack of faith. And he said, he looked at it physically and said, that ain't going to work, Jesus. That ain't going to work. They pulled them, them fish up, and I thought I had it in here. How many? Maybe it's my next verse. He, they pulled a crap ton of fish up, and, and the boats began to sink. And, you know, we go through a lot of stuff like that. For me, it was the first time I came up here. You know, I, was, I did not have the faith I could do it. I did not have the faith it was good enough to do it. And truth be told, it wasn't me that was doing it. End of the day... No, a man upstairs said, boy, you get up there. I'll, I'll take care of you. And he did. He took care of My legs were shaking the whole time, but he took care of me. Oh, man. But, yeah, so th- that, that's the main, that's the first point. To, never too far to take a step of faith. You know, whether you're scared or not, whatever it is, take that step. You take that step. That's all God needs. We know he'll take a mustard seed worth of faith to move a mountain, What's he, what can he do with your step? No matter how big it is. David, you know that. 20 years ago, what, you praying for that ranch. You, you wanted to stay on that place in Orchard, but God said, no. I got something much better planned for you. Man, it was good. It was good. You left us a nice place. I thank you very much. All right. Point two. Ooh, I got to hurry up. Point two, never too far to learn a valuable lesson. Never too far to learn a valuable lesson. So you're going to take that step of faith. But when you mess up like Peter does, and like everybody else does, there's, there's a lesson involved there. That's, that's, why, that's why we don't have to beat ourselves up when it happens. There's a lesson to be learned there. We learn that lesson. We pick ourselves up. We try again. It's God's grace. Matthew 14, 25 through 33. I'm going to read quick. Shortly before Jesus went out to them walking on the lake, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to seek, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why do you doubt? And when, he, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Now, one relation I want to make to the first point. I notice a pattern here. There's doubt. There's proof from Jesus that there's no need to doubt. And then there's a moment when those that are doubting, in this case, Peter, realizes that and makes that step 
to admit he's wrong, to take that step of progression. But another thing, and I, I was so excited to, when, I, when I thought about this and realized it, everybody's heard the story of Peter walking on the water. Everybody knows about it. And what I mentioned at the beginning of this, people like to point out the fact that Peter lost his faith and began to sink, right? That's what everybody says. Where were the other disciples? What were they doing? They were watching, right? Peter took that step of faith. He lost it. He's human. But he lost it and he learned a valuable lesson. You of little faith, why don't you have enduring trust? And, and when I thought about that, I was like, man, if that ain't an indication Peter's going to lead, you know, tons of people, I don't know what is. I mean, just to, just to even have the guts to say, I mean, I imagine him saying that and be like, oh, he ain't going to call me out there. Jesus, call me out there. Let's go. I was like, oh, okay. He, I mean, that, can you, I, I hope, I hope I would be that strong. I don't think I would, but I really hope I would. I, I hope if I was in that situation, I would. Despite Peter growing in his maturity, there was always more room for growth. He takes the step of faith here, but wavers when he realizes the challenging circumstances around him. Peter has the singular boldness to step out onto the water, but forgets that he does so by the power of God, not himself. He forgets that it's God that told him to come out there. Man, I love Peter so much after doing this, man. There's so much good stuff. Peter is reminded that it is not his own strength, but God's love that unwaveringly sustains him and saves him in the midst of the storm. How many times do we lose our sight in the midst of our own storm? How many times do we forget that God's love has sustained us time and time again? And we forget, I think, I think Jack may have talked about this last Sunday, we forget what God's done for us. And we're too worried about God, can you do this for me? I don't think you're going to do this for me. I, I'm really worried. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy in here. And we forget that just in taking the moment to remember, all right, God, this is what you've done. I'm not. Right. I'm not going to worry about it. You're going to keep me either way. So yeah. let's, let's go. <laughs> so I put, I put a point with each, with each of my points to kind of talk about, to relate, kind of relate something in, in real, real life to go through. My first one was my first sermon. My second one, I'm, I'm working on getting better talking about, and I talk about this, and I say, the more I talk about it, the, the better I get at realizing it's something God brought me through, and it's not, it's not a, a, a brand that's on me. So, my, like I said, my point for this was never too late to take a step of faith, um, for me, you know, when this happened, one of the hardest things for me was thinking to myself, all right, now I have to say this about myself. And I learned that I don't have to say this about myself. I get to say this about myself, and I get to tell you what God did through it. Man, that's good. So yep. 
For those of y'all that don't know, I'm 23 years old and I have been divorced. At the time it happened, it sucked. I hated that word, didn't want to didn't do it, didn't want to have to put that on my name. But when the going got good at that time, to say the least, and, I, and, and that decision came around time to make, it took me taking a step of faith to do that because I was so locked down in that part of my life that I was like, nah, nothing ain't gonna get me out of here. God, just fix this situation. I can't get out of here, just fix it. And it, it, it boiled and boiled and boiled and snowballed till I, I was basically, all right, all right, yeah, time to man up. Do what you got to do. Take that step of faith. And that was literally all I could do. And it was at that point that I was like, all right, I have nothing else, God. It's all you. I'm just going to go. And I'm going to let you teach me a lesson. And I learned a, I learned a valuable lesson in that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and say it now. I was going to say it at the end. But one of the most important things that we can do as Christians in our lives. Actually, let me rephrase that. One of the most detrimental things we can do as Christians is ignore the blessings God gives us that is trying to point us in the direction he wants us. If we don't recognize, I don't, if we don't recognize the tiniest things, whoo, I just made it to the gas station in time. How are we going to recognize the big things and see, okay, God, this is what happened. This is what you're doing. This is where you want me to go. Awesome. We're going to lose track immediately. We have no chance at all. So I, that, I mean, that's what I had to do in my life. I had to say, all right, God, I've been not listening to you. I got nothing else to do. Is I'm, I'm going to shut up. It's time to listen. So, First point was never too far to take a step of faith. Second point, never too far to learn a valuable lesson. Those two paired together, we are never too far to receive grace and mercy. I'm going to uh, summarize my last passage because it is quite long. I'm a little afraid I'm running short on time. But... Uh, if y'all want to turn, you can. This will be the one you can turn to so you can read it as I'm summarizing. Uh, it's John 21, 4 through 11, and then 15 through 19. So basically, this is a recount of the fish story, but I, I wanted to use it again because it provides, for those of y'all who don't know, John is the more personal of the Gospels. It's, it's very... I've heard a lot of people say this, and I would agree. If for somebody asking, you know, hey, I got a Bible. I want to start reading it. Where, where are you going to start? Start in John. I think it's the easiest of the Gospels to read, and it's going to relate to you the most. Then go to Matthew, Mark, and Luke and hear the same story in a more detailed way three more times. That's how you know it's real. Tell it four times. Uh, all right, let's see. So I'm actually going to... Uh, Oh, in verses 4 through 11, it says there was a, 
there was 153 fish in the net. And it you know, was pulling the boats down. But this is, this is how good God is. They had, the, they had doubt that God was not going to provide for them. And not only did he provide for them, it was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Not only did he provide, but he kept them. He kept them and made sure that his provision did not fail. It stayed. Because he doesn't, he's a, he doesn't just provide the provision and say, hey, go ahead, go run with it. He wants us to take that and cultivate it. But he's going to provide that provision and he's going to give us the tools necessary all along the way to make sure, hey, you're going to do this, you're going to do it right. I'm going to start in verse 15. I'm going to read this part real quick. 15 through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, First of all, how many times did Jesus ask him? That's a weird number for Peter, ain't it? <laughs> all right, I lost my place, Dagum. Where'd I go? Yeah. Jesus, Lord, me Very true. Okay. Uh, I can't find it, Dagum. Verse 18. Very truly, I tell you, when you were. Younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter failed multiple times. He called Jesus a liar when he said he would die. Let's not forget that. People love to talk about that. Said, God, you ain't gonna die. You're way too good. Again, that's an instance I think Peter's passion is taken too far. Like he, he, he needs to pull the reins a little bit. He called Jesus a liar. He was proved hypocritical when he denied Jesus three times. Um, he had an aggressive, confrontational demeanor. Like when he cut the ear off. I like to imagine that. You think he was going for the ear? I think he was going for the head. And... <laughs> I don't know if he missed the guard move or Jesus used like a little mind power. No, cut his ear off. I'm going to teach a lesson right here. <laughs> I, was, I love that image. Oh, man. Yet, Peter always yearned to live in Christ's shadow. No matter how many times he messed up, he continually fell to his knees, confessed and said, you are Lord. You are Lord and I will follow you. Mm, man, Jesus reinforces his faithfulness, love, mercy and forgiveness 
when he restores Peter, Peter's identity and belonging to God and then blesses him moreover. That's the amazing thing about that we forget about God, that we, his grace is so sufficient, we can mess up over and over and over. And we are never too far to go back into his arms and receive grace and grace abundantly. You know the phrase life and life abundantly? I'm going to alter it here a little bit. Grace and grace abundantly. One more verse I want to add. Matthew 16, 17 through 19, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom in heaven. Whenever you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Peter was rowdy, rambunctious, and way too quick on his feet. And God said, I'm going to take what you give me, and I'm going to hone it and morph it and build upon it. He didn't, he didn't cast Peter away for messing up over, over and over again, for denying him three times, for calling him a liar to his face. He let Peter learn his lessons, filled with love, and then he took it and said, go on, I'm building this upon you. Go cultivate it. Man. And this, and this is the point. I, I put this last for a reason. When I came home, after I, after I went through my lesson, I came home and I was, I was at my rock bottom. And you know what? It did not take long for me to realize, oh, so this is what I need. I came home and I went through, what did I just waste the last three years of my life on? And real quick, I realized, nah, that wasn't a waste. That was just a detour I wasn't supposed to go on to get me where I am. And I got home, man, and I finally learned what it feels like to be serving him nonstop. Not to be perfect. I mess up enough. But it feels good to know exactly why I'm here. And what we are called to do and who we're called to love. And don't don't get it twisted. It takes you gotta deal, you gotta get it right with yourself a lot too. There's gonna be a lot of stuff you go through that you're not gonna be wanna feeling. You ain't gonna wanna feel it. You ain't gonna it's it's gonna suck. I had not only I had to I had to come back home and get with myself for like what did I put my parents through? missing me so much that that was worse that was worse than knowing I messed up and I had to realize that you know what God's grace is still sufficient and it's still gonna hey get back up go do what I tell you to do so before I wrap up real quick never too far to take that step of faith
to have that heart of courage. I don't care how little it is. God will do something with it. Never too far to learn a valuable lesson. And they, they, there's going to be plenty of them in our lives. There's, David, I'm sure you can attest to this. You deal with a rowdy bull that just is going to act up for an hour longer than you expected. You're going to learn a, you're going to learn a way to handle it. You know, we're going to have plenty of lessons no matter our age. Never too far to receive grace and mercy. Man, that's, it's so sustaining. It is the rock of our faith and it does not break. So I want to run off those three points, but mainly the last point. I have a video I want to show before I close up that really shows how good God's grace is. I think it's a great representation. And uh, just a quick intro, I know I'm getting close to being over, but this video is of uh, Pastor Nick Vujicic, who is an Australian-American Christian evangelist, author, and motivational speaker who was born with tetraamelia syndrome. It's a rare disorder characterized by the absence of arms and legs. He was born completely without fully limbs. According to his autobiography, his mother refused to see him or hold him when the nurse held him in front of her, and she and her husband went out the hospital. He struggled with being bullied and a failed suicide tip attempt growing up. When he was 17 years old, his mother showed him a newspaper um, about a woman praying with a severe disability. That's when he started... Um, his mission. He uh, graduated uh, at 21 with a bachelor, bachelor's degree. He has since then founded the foundation Life Without Limbs, which is a nonprofit, nonprofit and a ministry. And he has a, uh, a motivational speaking company too. But I, I want to show this video. One, think about what he had to go through and, and think about what he's doing now as you watch this video. But also the story he tells is is pretty fantastic, and I think it really shows that God's grace does not stop chasing us, and there is no one ever too far from it. So, if we can get that up there. Make her walk. If your God is real, make her walk. She hasn't walked for four years. We prayed for her, I'm giving the short story, prayed for her, and she got up, and she walked for the first time. She was crying, jumping up and down on the feet she hasn't walked on for four years. But listen to this. That's not why I'm telling you this. Listen very carefully. The person who took me there took me back to the hotel, and he's an Indian man, and he looked pale. And it's hard for an Indian man to look pale. And he looked at me, and I'm looking at him right now, and he says, Nick, I can't believe it. I said, I know. That was cool, huh? He said, no. I didn't want to tell you who that woman was. I said, who was she? He said, Nick, that whole red light district, the 10 acres, 600 homes, six stories high, 10 acres, six girls in each house, was started in 1960s by that woman. She was the madame of the madames. She is the one responsible for 43,000 human trafficked children in the last 45 years. Talk about evil. And God 
healed her. What sin do you think is stopping God's love reaching you, my friends? What divorce have you gone through that you say, God, I can't believe I did that. I, I don't, you don't deserve me. God's grace is so good. And there ain't a thing we can do to get rid of it. He gonna chase us and he gonna catch us at some point or another. And he gonna turn something like that into a story for the next person that sees it. The next Madame of the Madames is gonna see that. So I'm gonna wrap up. I mentioned this earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. The most detrimental thing we can do to our walk in faith is not recognize the direction God's blessings are pointing us in. God, God is trying to get through to us every single day and in some manner or the other. He's showing us something. Heck, you don't think you have anything to be thankful for or, or you don't think there's a blessing in your life every single day? You're breathing, aren't you? I saw a video that said, God's name in the original languages, there's no vowels. There's no vowels in his name. And to pronounce it with the characters that make up his name literally translates to a breath. Every time we breathe, we're saying God's name. He's the breath of life. And I'm not, I'm not gonna say that was me, that was not me, but that was genius. Man, that was good. One last thing. I heard that. Hey, before the video, I was almost about to close. This is my last point. Every now and then, one thing that was big to me that was told to me, don't you think for a second the devil doesn't hear your prayers. He's listening too, and he knows where to distract you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're asking help for. He ain't wasting time on the people that worship him. He's wasting time on the people that are worshiping God. He don't care about the people that like him. So every now and then, you won't realize how powerful this is till you do it. You look the devil in the face and you tell him he ain't got nothing on your God. He is an ant and God has given you the power to squash him. You tell him he don't have any power in your life. You don't have any power in your finances, in your home, in your job. He is not who we worship. He is not who has brought us through everything. 
He wants to forget, he wants us to forget who that is. Father, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for all the amazing ways you have sustained us through our lives. We thank you that we are never too far from you to run back. We are never too far to learn what you're trying to teach us. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and mercy, which is so undeserved. We are worthless before you, but because of Christ, we are made holy. We are made worthy because of Christ, of worshiping you. And Father, we just thank you for everything that you do for us, for waking us up every single day, for giving us the blessings we have, for taking care of us when we don't know what we're gonna do next. And Father, I just ask that anything I said tonight, let it not lay on deaf ears, Father. Let your Holy Spirit cultivate it. Father, it is not me, it is you, and it is your word. We thank you, Father, and we love you. And we go from here, continuing to love you even more. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.